Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenant? Specialized Pastoral Care Services, Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. Carolyn, even as I was saying that, what would folks do if I didn't start the podcast that way, the program that way? They probably wonder what I did to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, because it's like every podcast, every program. But it is a little bit of a routine, and we've talked about that before. And sometimes routines aren't so bad. So you have done a lot of radio and TV, I might add, for those people that don't know that. And so you have a lot of that sort of opening um, statements that are sort of already... Thick. Johnny Olson, I think, was it <laughs> the Tonight Show? Or that was yes. Whoever. <laughs> no. Who? Where did I just discovered Dick Cavett the other night, and oh, he yeah. came out, and I was like, I told my husband, I said, he's like the first Johnny Carson. <laughs> yeah, he is. You didn't know about Dick Cavett? No. So you. He's a. He was better than Johnny. He was like much more intellectual by. Yeah, people. you can tell that, and I actually sort of enjoyed it. It's sort of interesting, yeah. but Johnny yeah. was more a comedian, I think. Johnny Carson was bright, but. Mm-hmm. I think Dick Cavett was well, more. If you didn't speak, I think that they might think I've done something to you. Done something to me. <laughs> Carolyn. Yes? Have, well, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to read the passage. Okay, I'm reading the passage. Famously so. Proverbs 22, 6. Oh, and I'm going to make it difficult for you. Oh, boy. <laughs> you, oh, boy. I don't know if I like where this is going. I like the podcast <laughs> to chase ahead of me too much. Proverbs 22, 6 says... Train up a child in the way that he should go. When he is old, he will not depart from it. From it. It. And uh, again, famously so, because it is one of those sentinel verses. And certainly that's what Proverbs is all about, right? It's sort of like, hello everyone, (laughs) welcome to what is, et cetera, et cetera. It is one of those things that of all the things that might have ever been said in some biblical context... From the very beginnings, as would then initially be oral tradition, turn written tradition. Mm -hmm. I suspect, more than that, know that every good Hebrew boy and probably girl grew up learning Mm -hmm. the Proverbs. Because that's what they were about. They were these sort of really, I want to use the word pithy. I also want to use the word condensed. Uh, dense, as in really, really, really solid, heavy, foundationally heavy, you build a house upon it, kind of heavy, foundationally strong mm-hmm. verses. And they're, they're said in such a manner or way that they're easy to memorize. Uh, if you should do, choose to do so. And even if you should not choose to commit them to memory, you can't help but remember them. But that's the beauty of them, right? I mean, every time you hear, hello everyone, welcome to, you're going to think about not only that podcast, but every other podcast that mm-hmm. we've ever said. Mm-hmm. I mean, I hope. <laughs> a little, that's, that's a bit aspirational, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know that, I'll take that back. It won't be everyone, but the, hopefully the, the real pithy parts of our podcast are going to remember. So here's my question to you. Okay. Have you finished brainwashing your kids yet? <laughs> I guess the short answer would be no. <laughs> you didn't seem at all offended by the fact that I called brainwashing. Yeah, well, 
It's all propaganda, Carolyn. <laughs> Anybody that's a parent that, um, and even if you're not a parent, but I think if you are a parent, it's a little bit more solidified that, um, you know, there's a, a bit of um, propaganda and brainwashing that goes into it, whether that be healthy or right or not. I can't sit here and lie, be, pretend to be something I'm not. So uh, I think that if you didn't say that you didn't inject that at some point, even <laughs> even if you um, weren't sure about it, I think you'd be lying. <laughs> so well, if now, you sit here and say that you didn't do any of that, I want to question you on it because there is a little bit of... Well, that's the Carolyn I know. Thank you for coming back around because the Carolyn Ida would feel guilty and especially if I pushed it really hard yeah. that you've been brainwashing your kids, you would then begin to think, well, have I been brainwashing my I'm kids? I'm learning Maybe. to be more honest and just say it, even if I'm wrong. And, and I'm not, well, yeah, and I'm not trying to give you a hard time and yeah. I'm not even saying you're wrong. I'm just trying to highlight that fact. Some people would accuse it, us, it. Of being brainwashing. If you go back to that verse I started with, bringing up a child, is that not brainwashing? Right. I mean, is that not teaching right. them in the traditions? Right. Is that not repeating the same things over mm -hmm. and over again so that mm -hmm. it's not something either they commit to memory, maybe. Again, you just get it in their head and yeah. that doesn't leave them. Well, somebody mentioned that to me one time when we were talking about believers um, coming when Jesus, you know, came out with his ministry and how hard that was, especially for the, the teachers of the law and those Pharisees. But we were talking about how that that's all they've known. That's all they've learned. That's all they've heard. It's going to look like this. It's going to be like this. We're waiting on this Messiah. We're, you know, and then somebody comes along that's completely different. Would we not have reacted maybe similarly to them if that's all you've ever been taught or other countries and you know, that's the tradition and the rules that that's all they've ever known. And then we go in and say, well, you don't have to live like that anymore. You know, you can be free from that. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that they were, quote, brainwashed as far as like, you know, in an evil intent. But sometimes we've pushed a belief or an agenda and then somebody might call that brainwashing. So we could make the podcast. Does that make sense? Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. We can make the podcast about that because there's just a lot that we could say because that was pretty pithy and condensed. Right. Here's my, I guess, observation, mm -hmm. my reflection. Mm -hmm. That's a better word. As I listened okay. uh, to what you're saying. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. But I think, again, there's two parts to that. Okay. There is the bringing a child up. Mm-hmm. And then there is the liberation and freedom, and then there is they will return unto it. Yes, you've got to There's insert. Two parts. Right. Well, you've got to insert that choice in the middle of right. it. Right. Exactly. And, and Otherwise, depending. it's brainwashing. Well, or if you never come out of it, mm -hmm. if you never test it, if you mm -hmm. never think about it, if you right. never realize that not only are you <laughs> supposed to will not depart from it. That's long term, but you will depart from it to test it. All of us do that. Mm -hmm. I know that that sounds like, as you framed it, maybe we'll make the whole podcast about this. As you framed it, it sounds evil. That's what I say. I wonder what would happen if we started the podcast and we do something to you. You said, they think that I've done something to you. <laughs> yeah. And then and then I said. You're in a closet. 
Yeah, and because it would, right? It would seem like, well, there must be something wrong with that because we've just gotten used Why to... Why did I think it was dark, though? That's a, a, There must be a dark part of me well, that's inside. But I agree with you, though. I think that even in biblical context, it has to be framed as disobedience. Mm-hmm. It has to be. Because if you framed it any other way, because humans think in those dichotomous, binary sort of ways, mm-hmm. if you framed it opposites... Mm-hmm. That's how we learn things. Opposites. Mm-hmm. Thesis, hypothesis. Mm-hmm. You test it. Right. You go back and forth and figure mm-hmm. out, well, you say it's this, I say it's that, let's test it. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And then we say it's this, and now somebody else says it's that, and we test it until we mm-hmm. finally get it's like that dross being removed. That's a that's a bit of a sanctification process. Mm-hmm. It's not the entirety of it in spiritual dimension, more in a material human sort of right. dimension, but it's high sort of human thought, I think. But to get to the point. I think we hear that and we say it's disobedience. Yeah, it is. But we're only listening to it from the brainwashing side, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if Mm -hmm. you call it that. Because until you get to the point of freedom and going out and testing it, you'll never know if it were really true or not. Mm -hmm. And if you never know it were really true, you would never really claim it. And in that way, you're really not able then to claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior because Jesus didn't come to overturn it. He didn't even come to test it. He just said, you've already tested it with your disobedience and your rebellion, which gets back to what you were saying about Jesus' time, Mm -hmm. the Hebrew people. Right. Because they'd been told all this, mm-hmm. but they'd never gone out and tested it for themselves because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they were scared. Mm-hmm. Now, lest we lose the point, felt right? Mm-hmm. That's what kids do. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> Pythy really condensed yeah. Proverbs 22 mm-hmm. passage. That's what that's about. Mm-hmm. Now, we could read it, and we probably have heard it. And, mm-hmm. and, and again, it's one of those things that stick with you. It's foundational, sentinel. It's, we've been taught, even though we're not Hebrew, mm-hmm. we've been taught, I guess right. we are grafted into the vine. So I'll claim my Hebrew heritage. We've been taught it in church. Mm-hmm. We even use it. Mm-hmm. We don't use it usually in a bad way. Oh, I, I confess, I brainwash my kids, but we all brainwash our Sometimes. kids. You were a little bit, <laughs> right, you were a bit more honest than probably most of us, or maybe I a whole lot more. I used to quote Ephesians 6 1 all the time with him. Which is horrible. Yeah, I did use scripture against him, but I don't admit it. But that's but I didn't know any better. I didn't know, you know, what but I see, know you're now. still apologetic. That's not, and, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be. Uh-huh. I'm just saying you have to be in that way, bringing up your child, mm-hmm. and you right. want to call it brainwashing. It's only because you've never gone out and tested it. But when you go out and test it. And I think that's what our culture is doing right now. We have been all of these liberal sort of thinkers, the progressive mm-hmm. thinkers, uh, as with the not in a generation, but even generationally, that have gotten to the point where they're testing it because we've been a Christian nation. Uh, I heard a gentleman last night on television who had said, this is the only country in probably all known existence that was initially predicated upon not only the Old Testament but the New Testament and look what we've been able to do. But we're at a point now where they've had, we've had, it's blessed us, God has blessed us mm-hmm. with such that there's people who don't know what it's like to be in hell. They do not know what it's like to be a heathen. They do not know what it's like to have a, live in a country like that, and that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. Now, I could curse them for doing that, and I do. 
<laughs> not so openly and not so, I don't know, uh, I don't use the curse words. I don't want to hate on them, right? Mm-hmm. We've said that. But I, I want to curse the devil because mm-hmm. he's manipulating us. But I don't, I don't even know if that's fair, not to the devil, but to us. Because God planned it this way. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to own something until you test it. Which doesn't mean don't teach it. It is brainwashing. But would you not want, if you grew up, you're old now. <laughs> you're growing up now. But you can look back at your family and you, you said, what? You know, you thought, well, they didn't tell me that. Why didn't you tell me that? Now that I see it, why didn't you be angry at them for not telling you the truth? You'd be angry at them for not bringing you up in the way of the Lord. You'd be upset if they withheld something like that from you. Because it's, it's painful both sides of that. You can look back and I'll thank God you found it. Thank God you found Jesus. Thank God that you got that. Mm-hmm. Thank God you, there's a Bible you can read even if you were brought up a heathen, right? right. And you can curse your parents. That's mm-hmm. where it comes from, mm-hmm. that, that idea of cursing. I don't want to curse them. They did the best they could. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, should I not do better if I know better? And if I understand Absolutely. The, the course, but you do have to test it and that's disobedience. Mm-hmm. Do we celebrate it? No, we still look at it badly. Mm-hmm. You know, don't disobey. Right, right, right. But they have to. Is our culture? Oh, they won't know. They will know. I keep thinking about the prodigal son, that moment in the pig pen. <laughs> I keep thinking about how he sort of. I mean, could we say, is that fair to say he kind of tested it? He went out and did whatever he wanted to oh, do. absolutely. But then he had that switch. Okay, I've seen what that's like. I've tested it. And then, you know, he turned back, which, you know, this verse. And I said it. I highlighted that because somebody pointed out to me the other day when we were talking about um, children going away and, and even turning away from us, their parents. And the person said, you know, when they are old, they won't turn from it. The way that you've taught them the way they should go, not necessarily you. So we were we were discussing that you know perhaps you may not see that in your lifetime, but that they there is a promise that they will come back to that. But I will challenge you mm-hmm. at that thought. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never heard anybody say that, so it was interesting to me to. Oh sure, I, I think it's again, it's just testing, that, just testing know? the thesis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all that we're doing, and right. it's okay. It's right. okay to have dissent. Mm-hmm. If the descent is, again, in that model of highest sort of human comprehension, if you're going to do hypothetical deductive reasoning, mm-hmm. if you're going to use science, if you're going to think it through, you're going to use empiricism to find what is the best. Mm-hmm. And, and even in a pragmatic way, and I know that empiricism is not going to reveal unto you Jesus Christ as the Messiah. That's not what reveals it. The Holy right. Spirit right. reveals it. Mm-hmm. But we have to uh, logistically... <laughs> podcast have to get to a point where we understand oh well yeah this makes sense and then Mm -hmm. when you're there Mm -hmm. logistics when you're there then he can pour forth a blessing Mm -hmm. but until you repent until you get the place where you say you've tested it you say yeah you were right I'm eating pig's food in the pig pen now (laughs) so let's jump to another verse At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. 
And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone be hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Do you want me to tell you where it's at? Is that Matthew 18? <laughs> I'm fearful when I tell you that because you'll start reading ahead. I won't read ahead. You will. <laughs> you just can't resist. Now I'm self-conscious about it because you pointed it out. I know. I'm trying to discourage you. So I'm <laughs> dissuade, dissuade you from doing okay. that. <laughs> so a couple, like you were talking about the it thing, right? And that's really all we do on the podcast. We just go back and forth and try to speculate and think about and understand the different yeah. angles, different yeah. perspectives, and bring some present day, mm-hmm. present tense sort of application. So Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children. Now, it doesn't mean they could have ever been anything but a child when they were a child. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't necessarily mean even then that all these great things he's going to say about children, little children. At one point, they all were all that he was talking to, us included. Right. I mean, right? Yeah. But then that brings up the point of conversion. <laughs> Except you be converted, become as little children, which means you've got to go back. But that's kind of what we were saying a moment ago. Mm-hmm. You were, in innocence, you received, hopefully, they brought you up in the way of the Lord. You received, and then should you be the prodigal or should you go out and test it? Then you kind of lose that because in that there'll be offense. Mm-hmm. Now, who gets offended? I mean, obviously, probably the parents, or God in this case, because mm-hmm. you have to leave him. And you're disagreeing with him, and you're being downright disobedient. Mm-hmm. Right? Because he brought you up better. Right? Haven't we brought you up better? Didn't we teach you? Did you not go? I thought I saw you at church every Sunday to the left of me in the same pew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were playing with whatever when you were really small. But I think you got the words. We took you to Sunday school. Mm-hmm. We read you the Bible stories at night. We told you about Jesus. What are you doing now? Where are you at? Mm. They're lost. Now, are they lost for good? No, but they were never lost entirely, even if there was some part of them that would otherwise need conversion. Eventually one day, because once they went out and they kind of found the offense, which is the devil. He's the offender, right? Mm -hmm. But once they go out and the devil never came back, that's the point. The the devil never returned. We don't say anything else in the podcast. Mm -hmm. That's the point. But also the point would be, what would it take to not come back? It would take bitterness. It would take envy, it would take jealousy, it would take that idea of who's greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. We may not get to it, but as you read through this passage, that's really where they're heading with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, can my son, what is it, James and John? John. Huh? James and sons is Yes, son Zebedee. Seven, yeah. <laughs> one on the right hand, one on the mm-hmm. Peter, oh, James, yeah. James and John, mm-hmm. I got that right. One on one hand and the mm-hmm. other on the left. Mm-hmm. No, that's Jesus. But we won't get there today. But those of you who know the Bible know. Mm-hmm. The least is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Right. And, and the greatest is not the least, but the greatest as he would serve. Mm-hmm. Then puts himself in the position or herself in that position. But 
this whole idea of who's the greatest, kids don't think about that. They just do until the offense or the offender and the offenses come. And with that, then there's all kinds of things like sibling rivalry and competitions at school. And, and those are all appropriate. There's nothing evil about any of that. They just need to negotiate and work through that and understand in the end, as it would come to an end, we need to get back to our innocence lest we never come back. And if we never come back, then not only are we lost at that stage of the disobedience or in that stage of disobedience, but in that way, we'll never come back and we'll be lost forever. Mm-hmm. Not only forever in sort of human terms, generationally, because those kind of folks don't contribute. That's what I was trying to say earlier. I've got to be careful because I don't want to point a finger and say, you're of your, you know, the house of the devil, you know, or mm-hmm. the church of Satan kind of thing. Synagogue of Satan, I think is how the, the uh, King James puts it. I don't want to point a finger at anybody and say that or a group of people that's mm-hmm. really <laughs> cursing them in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that about my kid, but my kid, and I think there's probably a lot of parents we're talking to right now that can identify with what we're saying mm-hmm. right now. You can't be of the house of God because look what you're doing. Look who you're believing in. Look to what direction you're And then there's people in the house of God that you might look at and say, <laughs> how do you see it that way? Mm-hmm. Because it's generationally. And they're not now, because now it's adults, they're not bringing up their kids in the way of the Lord. And so before you know it, you've got great divide in so many terms. Mm-hmm. It's not maybe mm-hmm. the terms that the Bible, Jesus would have spoken of it, but I'll use that concept. Because there is a great divide between heaven and hell. And what's the divide? Proverbs, this passage we read in Proverbs, bringing up a child in the way of the Lord. Oh, it couldn't matter that much. And yes, there's salvation in adulthood. But most of the people, by the time you get to be an adult, like you were saying about the Hebrew people, mm-hmm. fortunately they were brought up in the right way. Mm-hmm. So that was already in them. Right. But if they've been brought up in the wrong way, what you learn in childhood is, as your point was earlier, very, very difficult to overturn. And it just takes a little leaven Mm -hmm. of the Pharisees and Sadducees to leaven the whole loaf. Hmm. Lots of things come to my mind when you say that. Um, Because, of course, you know, being (laughs) the good little... Hebrew mother that I tried to be raising my kids <laughs> in the word that is what's going to happen and they are going to test it as we said and and that's the thing is um, and I even think about our nation when you mention that it's almost like of course that's what's going to happen you know if you were telling somebody else's story you know of our country um, because wouldn't we say that about our children? Wouldn't we say, of course, that's what's going to happen? I mean, it, it's almost like it shouldn't be surprising, but then we're surprised when it happens. Because we've drunk the Kool-Aid. It's insidious. It's not like overnight. Mm-hmm. It's not like they come in, I uh, heard that also on television. Uh, I'm not going to tell you where because then I'll get, <laughs> get typecast. Somebody will look at me and curse me. And that way I was saying I don't want to curse people. The great divide. Mm-hmm. But if they came in with guns and they didn't speak your language and they all of a sudden decided to haul you off to prison camps and internment camps or they dropped some bombs, mm-hmm. you'd recognize that. Mm-hmm. 
Right. This stuff is insidious. Mm -hmm. This is your neighbor. <laughs> I'm not saying that your neighbor. This is Jesus said that though. In your own family, mm -hmm. this divide will exist. Not because the word wasn't even in the, your own family necessarily preached or taught in the same way, because it could have been or it couldn't have been. And I'm not dismissive of being saved as an adult. I'm just saying, even if you're saved as an adult, you've got to go back, Philip, with the word. Mm -hmm. You have to. Because you'll still, it's like that soil mm -hmm. parable. Yeah. The seed will be planted, but right. it, won't, it won't produce any fruit because right. there'll be all these things that will offend you again. Mm -hmm. The offenses. Yeah. You'll be out in the world and you'll be living amongst these people who live their life in that selfish uh, sort of dimension. That's mm -hmm. the word I want to get out. And they're just going to take advantage of you. They're going to fleece you. They're going to steal from you. They're going to kill you if they can. If they think that what you have, they want. That's what the devil does. What you have, they want. They can't get it for themselves because they never went out and tested it and grew up. Mm -hmm. They are just wanting somebody to give it to them. And if you're not going to give it to them, they're going to take it from you. Mm -hmm. But in the end, because they can't do it for themselves, they're going to end up their parasites. It's parasitic. Mm -hmm. Kill the host and the parasite dies. That's what we want to do. We don't want to kill the host just to kill the parasite. Right. We want to understand how to kill the parasite. But what right. we're talking about today is how to destroy the parasite. Mm -hmm. The devil is a parasite. He's a pariah. Is that mm -hmm. the word? You're the English major. Yeah. I had a conversation with somebody this morning um, through text. And it was similar to what you're saying. And I just, afterwards, and it was that parasite kind of coming at me. And I just... I remember telling Tim, I wish <laughs> I would just have a, a moment before, you know, to actually see what's happening. Because sometimes, you know, especially, you know, if it's, you know, a friend or family member or somebody you're close to, well, you just, you know, you just roll with it, right? You just respond back. And so I, th I said, I wish I just thought for a second. Because not that I said anything wrong, but I allowed that person to sort of, you know, be a parasite. And I recognize it later. And I said, I wish I would just recognize it sooner rather than, you know, a minute later. But, um, you know, that's a learning process. But, yes, we have those in our lives. I think it's important to be aware of that. So lest I then make it sound like <laughs> that there isn't in some sort of way in that childlike innocence or in that mm -hmm. child stage of innocence anything lesser than Total and complete belief, trust, mm -hmm. faith in the parent, um, love. Kids don't measure it. They don't judge it. They're not born judgmental. I do believe we're born into original sin. I believe in the concept of original sin. Right. <laughs> the original sin may be, you know, the carrier, the one who birthed you, the, the parents who, you know, because they're corrupted. Mm -hmm. the, the offenses have come unto them and they've mm -hmm. not recovered. Mm-hmm. So you're born into sin, but I don't know that the vessel itself is anything but clean when it comes in, but it takes on corruption. And there is always some element of that in human nature. And, right. you know, what is human? I mean, human is, is more of a psychosocial, psychological, social sort of context or dimension. Mm -hmm. That's what we put on ourselves. That's how we define it. That's mm -hmm. how we consider it. That's why we reflect upon it. Mm -hmm. You know, pontificate about it on the podcast. This is, this is what we've got to say about us when we step out back outside of ourselves and look at ourselves as objectively as we humanly can. 
But it's not what God thinks of us, and it's not what he's created us to be. Because in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were created perfectly until the offender came along and got them thinking in that way. And it didn't, again, just a little leaven didn't take much. And they were chasing that down. But the reason I say all of that about love and trust, because it can happen in your home. And it can even happen when you've got good parents. <laughs> they love you. But they're human. Mm-hmm. There's no escaping it. They're not going to be able to save you. There's no escaping it. All the love that they promised you, that they said that they were going to have for you, mm-hmm. it's not that they don't love you that way. It's just they can't love you to right. save you. Right. We can't be Jesus to them. Because we're human. Right. And we'll... <laughs> You can can tell me, Carolyn, you can look at me and say, you're not a liar. And I'm going to say, that's a lie. And you can do the same thing to me. You can look Mm -hmm. at me and say, David, you're not a liar. And and I'm saying, I don't. And and then it would be, that's a lie. The the idea isn't that we will to lie. It's the human nature to Mm -hmm. lie. It's Mm -hmm. called denial. Like you don't teach a two-year-old to lie. (laughs) No, but they they do do. do it naturally because it's denial. Right. And, And they do it as with experimentation. But if we logistically... If we don't cleanse our house with the word, if we don't teach the word, if we don't establish a standard, Mm -hmm. they'll never have anything to come back to when they go out and test it. And now we're talking about a lot of different things. We're talking culture. Mm -hmm. We started with culture. Now we're talking (laughs) operations, Mm -hmm. right? Because if you can't recognize that implicit in all humanity is deception denial, either by virtue of the limited sensorium. We can only take in so much, process so much. Physiologically, the brain can only comprehend so much. Or even so, maybe denial, as with things that we can't understand, we're in fear and Mm -hmm. anger, or we just want to deny something because it seems so painful and it seems like we can't do it in our best conceptualization of it. Those things can be, again, institutionalized. Mm -hmm. You can teach people, I believe, you can't teach them denial in that kind of defense mechanism, Mm -hmm. human sort of innate sort of inclination, but you can certainly fortify it. Mm-hmm. You can make it a stronghold. Mm-hmm. They can run from things. They can hide from things. They can find things that makes it easier for them to hide. They can drink. They can use drugs. Mm-hmm. They can do all the things that take them away from the truth that is God. But it's hard if they don't have the foundational element of recognizing and confessing we are all a bunch of liars. So when the offenses come, some of those are intentioned, Mm -hmm. institutionalized by the time we get here. Some of those we participate in even out of some failed idyllic, idyllic, it's called disillusionment. Mm -hmm. You know, all of kids, most kids, all kids, I think, to some extent, whether they admit it or not, that's again, that part of that deception. They come to a realization, it's not what they told me it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then they're like really mad and bitter. Mm-hmm. And then they get cursed. <laughs> curse your parents. Because you didn't tell me. Mm-hmm. Or you told me it was going to be this way. And now it's hard. I can't find a job. Mm-hmm. Oh, I found a job. But I, I have to go to work. I have to drive to work. <laughs> I have to pay X number. I, you know, I can't pick out my clothes in the morning. You, know, you should pick out my clothes for me. You should tell me. They'll do that. They'll send you boxes of clothing. 
are already pre-matched for all of those that are challenged in terms of matching our wardrobe. You do a very fine job of it. I'm one of those wardrobe challenged sort of peoples. Uh, I put plaids and solids and stripes and all those things that you're not supposed to do. I, you're fine. But look at the world today, though. I, I don't know if I'm making any sense. You mean I've got to go out of the room? <laughs> I've got to breathe the air. Oh, no, the air is filled full of COVID mm-hmm. or diseases. I, I can't do that. Give me a mask. Give me a respirator. No, your body, God's designed you. He has to protect us. But if you don't go out and test that, you'll never discover that. Mm-hmm. You just live in fear. And you may end up in the pig pen not only once, but several times. But I guarantee you, you'll learn from it. If you're open, if you're not going to hide from the truth, if you're going to face it, if you're really going to be empirically sound, you know, this best model, research model, look for the evidence, make sure you get the facts, all the facts, not just partial. Mm -hmm. What would you say when, like you said, they have to have something to come back to, but sometimes we encounter people that feel like they can't return and there's a fear there or there's it goes the other way instead of feeling like they can um you know come back home or however you want to phrase it um they're afraid to so (laughs) what do you think i would say well go ahead be brutal Uh, whenever I think about what you're thinking about, it hurts my head. <laughs> um, so they can stay there and be afraid, but they'll, it'll never work. I tell them they're a liar. I don't tell them in a mean way. I just that's the point. But yeah. I can't. I can't work. move too far off of that, mm-hmm. lest they'll get me out there mm-hmm. and twist me. Right. And, that, and I think mm-hmm. that's the messaging here too. Is Though these things can be paradigms, thoughts, Mm -hmm. it's easier to change a thought than it would otherwise be to make somebody believe something against what they already have come to that place of believing in. And this is what I mean. That sounds kind of contradictory. I could wear you out by brainwashing you. Mm -hmm. I could manipulate you. I could tear you down. I could destroy you as a person. Mm -hmm. Except that you would have foundationally not only the paradigm, but that paradigm has to be established in a power greater than even your thought. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It can be a thought, right. and that's how we communicate. Mm-hmm. We communicate words, but words are really thoughts put into vocalization, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They come out of our mouth, but right. they're out of our heart or head and heart. Right. But if you have the Word of God and it's in you and you've claimed it, mm-hmm. then they can't steal it from you. That's what I'm trying to say. But if you never claim the Word of God, Mm -hmm. even if you've heard it, they can change that thought. They can brainwash you. Mm -hmm. Is it enough to bring your child up in the way of the Lord? No. Because they've got to not only test it, but they've got to be converted, which means they are responsible for then accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because if they don't do that, then... Mm -hmm they are going to be brainwashed. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to be good defenders of the faith. They're not going to practice logic and reasoning, apologetics, because they won't have a foundational premise. But it's more than just head. 
It has to be wisdom. And what is wisdom? It's more than just anything any human could have thought up. It's the word of God that he's put inside of you already. And as a child, you're already operating in probably the best manifestation of it in human terms because the offenses have yet to really come. What are the offenses? All the things that take away from the word. Mm-hmm. We studied, um, or I had to teach last night, um, and it was on Daniel. And I thought of Daniel earlier when you were speaking because he sort of tested it. You know, they, they did their him and um, Shadrach, his, Meshach, and Abednego. Yes, his three friends, but their names were converted to that. But they, they sort of, you know, I say tested it. But God gave him that idea and, and in a way that he could honor God, right, by doing, you know, what he was supposed to do and not eat the king's food. But then he also didn't want to kill the messenger. You know, he was also like, I don't want to... Um, you know, take him down with me and throw people under the bus. And so it was, it was interesting to see that struggle. But I bring that up because I talked to the kids and I was like, you know, nobody's going to come up and ask you to eat vegetables and drink water, right, at school. It's going to look a little bit different. But you're going to be forced to deal with this. And, and they're, you know, third, fourth, and fifth graders. So they're old enough that they're going to start what you just said, that the world, they're going to start seeing well, you didn't tell me this. What? What? Why? Why didn't you tell me this is like this? Or you know, they're they're starting to see that, and so it was really we had a great class last night because they were just so plugged into the fact that, you know, that Daniel could be applicable to their life, and how the choices that they have to make, and how the world just sort of will come to them. You know, you don't have to go looking for trouble, right? It'll find you, <laughs> and so they have to make a choice, and and most of them have been brought up to know better but you know there's still that well, that innocence that you know that they're going to have to test it right they're going to be tested by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony mm-hmm. but we are a living word in living word context the testimony right they're going to know hypocrites <laughs> and mm-hmm. so you can tell them all this stuff but if you don't live it right they're not going to do what you tell them to they're going to do what you show them And until they see a living, breathing example of it, and again, the only one that could do it perfectly was Jesus. But there's moments, (laughs) moments when I could do that. Mm -hmm. But I think that's what I'm hearing you say is that you can demonstrate that not only by telling them that, by living that. And if you don't live that with integrity, Uh not only is it not going to help them, you're going to become an offense unto them because you're going to say, well, hypocrisy is do acceptable. Do what I say, don't do what I do. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, though, if you do what the Word says, even if you make a mistake and you confess it and say, I made a mistake, mm-hmm. don't be afraid to say that. Mm-hmm. Right? Don't be afraid to say, I try to do the best I can, but I make mistakes. Right. But don't claim that somehow... Uh, I guess, or in in saying that somehow they take it as claiming that you're inferior or that you're not right because you're, the superiority right. is not of yourself; it's of right. Christ in you. Mm-hmm. That's but, kind of what I was getting at earlier when I said, "How do you keep it from swinging back too far the other direction?" Because you know you don't want somebody to say, "Well, you know, wow, that's that's too bad. I don't know if you can come back from that or not." I mean, <laughs> there's there's nothing too far they're not too far gone that they can't come back but to convince them of that that's the, that's where it gets tricky. well and and I agree with you but but again the the notion of it is is you have to kind of do that 
with some malleability or openness in mind. Mm-hmm. Because if right. they've already gone far enough, other they'll be blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. There'll, be, there'll be a hardening of the heart. Mm-hmm. They'll fall into such a state of apostasy mm-hmm. that you can't, again, it's very difficult to resurrect that person yeah. because they've shut themselves right. off. Right. Because they bought and they drink the Kool-Aid. We have to present it as another thought rather than, I want you to believe this now, because they're not going to do it. And and, and you can attack them a bit more aggressively, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't work. They'll just get defensive. Right. Right. So somewhere out there, they get in that same way. The result, the return is what they've asked for or what they've, the path that they've started to go down. If they don't come off of that, Mm -hmm. they don't take the correction, they never come back. Mm -hmm. That's what we said earlier. Mm -hmm. The father could not go save them from the pig pen. Mm -hmm. He could send his son, and he could tell of, he could demonstrate, but if all they're going to do is kill the son because they don't like the condemnation, that that they, it's in them, it's Mm -hmm. not in God, it's not in Jesus. They're looking at themselves and saying, I don't like him. Mm -hmm. He's not playing by our rules, but look, he's winning. Not only not playing by our rules, but he's winning. This is how you win. And then when he always wins in that God sort of way. Mm-hmm. They don't like that. Mm-hmm. They get embittered by that. No, that's not fair. You must be cheating. Because if you weren't cheating, you would know. You're the cheater. It's called reaction formation. Another one of those defense mechanisms. You project on people what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you wag your finger and you convince them. They're at fault. That's why I said earlier. That sounds like Carol and I, though. Whatever you said, well, yeah, I've been, okay, I've been brainwashing my kids. Yes, but you've been bringing them up in discipleship. And that's what this passage is about. Jesus is speaking about discipleship. Mm-hmm. Matthew 18, I'm going to go to 7. Woe unto the world because of offenses, for it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offenses cometh. Here we go. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, he's talking about you. He's not talking about somebody else's hand or foot. He's talking about yours. Cut them off and cast them from thee. It's better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed physically Mm -hmm. rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. Take heed that you despise not one of these, this goes back to innocence of a child, little ones. And I don't know that at this point he's not also talking about adults who will then be converted. Right? For I say unto you, That in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. How think he if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray? Doth he not leave the ninety-nine and goeth into the mountains and seeketh that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it verily, I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety-nine, ninety and nine, which went astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father, which is in heaven, that one of these little ones should perish. I think the idea of offense, the offender, we can become part of that. Genuinely so, we can become of the synagogue of Satan. But when they come at us, again, we've talked about this, we can't kill them, right? Because right. that's not godly, right? Because it's not what we want, mm-hmm. right? 
So what we have to do is we have to live it, even if it means they're going to kill us. That is a very difficult saying. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's. <laughs> and your kids can kill you more, it seems, than anybody else. Mm-hmm. They could do something that will tear your heart out, throw it on the ground, jump up and down on it, and then give it back to you and try to stick it in there again. <laughs> and you're saying, wait a minute, this is the greatest offense I've ever been through in my whole entire life, and you expect me to come back again and to continue to love you. Mm-hmm. That's so hard. Can I like tell one of my kids to listen to this podcast? <laughs> Because I don't think they understand. They don't know what that... I don't know that I've heard a better description. So you really nailed it on that description. Because if you don't have children and you think that you understand that, you just wait till somebody literally like cuts your heart out and then stomps on it. But I will, because I like to question things, I will question that, you know, is it our fault? Did we like you know, open up our chest and be like, here, here it is. You can take it and stomp on it. You're right. But is that not, you're right though. It is not our fault, but is our course, Mm -hmm. but it's not our course. It's Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's salvation. It's the Messiah. That's the only way you convert anybody to be willing is to to let them kill you. Mm -hmm. Now they don't kill you. Eternally, they don't kill you right. in spirit. Right. Most fortunately, well, I most said of, fault, but I mean, you know, we we sort of allow that to happen. But we, we don't ask them to do it. But that's the question, and that's the hard part about that. Mm-hmm. How do you then decide which you're going to allow, which you're not? Mm-hmm. How do you decide which brother you're going to take up arms against? Mm-hmm. How are you going to decide which one you're going to pick and choose? And this passage, by the way, gets into that. If you'll let me take it since I'm there. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. Mm -hmm. Go try to reconcile. Mm -hmm. You've hurt me. What did I do to you? You know, and and not like self-righteous kind of stuff. Just really, what did I do? I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to offend you. Mm -hmm. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear thee, take then or then take with thee one or two more. That in the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So you take a couple of other people. You didn't say they have to be necessarily Christians. Although I would think that idea of don't go before the secular judge. You know, (laughs) settle this rather than being taken into a secular kind of context of court. Mm -hmm. I think that applies. So presumption would be if they're a brother, they may be in the house with you. Mm -hmm. And if he shall neglect to hear them, then tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. Which doesn't mean, again, you can't... I don't think Jesus is saying you hate on them. Mm-hmm. You just don't expect anything from them. And what did the heathen man and publican do to Jesus? What did, the, unfortunately, the Hebrew person do to Jesus? Mm-hmm. They crucified him. Now, see, that's very difficult mm-hmm. To kind of sort that out. Mm -hmm. And the only thing I can say is, if you've gone through this process, going to your brother, taking two or three witnesses, going before the church, you've probably got the best idea of whether or not this person is going to listen or not. 
Should that mean then that they can kill you? No, but you're probably not going to win that argument. Right. So you can keep arguing with them. You can keep fighting with them. You're going to get contentious with them. Mm-hmm. Settle quickly with your your brother lest you be dragged to court. Mm-hmm. And then in court, the judge should turn on you. Right. And then you're not going to get out of there until you've they've paid the last, I think it was farthing, I think mm-hmm. is how the, mm-hmm. the, the exchange rate. I'll finish this and give it to you. Verily I say unto you, Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And of course, then came Peter unto him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him. Till seventy times, Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee, until seven times, but until seventy times seven, therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he began to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. And I could read all of that. I don't want to cut off in the middle. But it's just another parable that reinforces that. But I do want to say this, and I only do that for the brevity, the sake of the time that we don't have right, on the <laughs> podcast. But it goes back to what we read a couple podcasts ago. I think it was Matthew 17, but Peter, maybe 16, but Peter was declared that he had the keys to the kingdom. He was given the keys to the kingdom. He was declared, he declared Jesus, is what I'm saying, the Messiah, and then Jesus turned and declared, this is the foundation. But that's the other thing, too. That's the bringing up the child in the way of the Lord. It's the Old Testament, but realizing if you can't put it into practice, it's still a half-cooked work half-finished work. Which doesn't mean any of it is half-cooked or half-finished. Mm-hmm. It just means until you apply it. Mm-hmm. But that's really where the you rubber meets the road mm-hmm. is when it comes to application. Mm-hmm. How many times are you going to forgive him, Carolyn? Right. Because <laughs> Peter yeah. would ask that question. Because well, he's still trying to figure out, where's the power come from? And Jesus right. references, bind on earth, bound in heaven. He said that. Mm-hmm. When Peter declared him, and when all that occurred, mm-hmm. that he was declared the Messiah, and he was in the rock. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what we want to do in our head and what we know to do is right in our heart. Sometimes can be two different things. <laughs> you know, we we may think that you know I don't want to forgive him seventy times seven, but hmm, that's what I'm supposed to do. Okay. <laughs> And I'm not even saying that's right, because if our motive of our heart isn't right, then we might as well just not do it, right? If we're going to do it hypocritically and not really say forgive that person or whatever, then then don't do it. Don't say you're sorry if you don't mean it. I would say every time you forgive somebody, you return. Mm-hmm. Every time you forgive somebody, you come back to the house of the Lord. Every time you forgive somebody, you've departed from the word because of the offenses. Mm-hmm. You're going to get into these struggles. Yeah. But in a practical, I'm trying to make it practical and pragmatic. Right. Every time you forgive them and you live Christ in that situation, mm-hmm. you are brought back to the Word, and the Word never comes back unto itself void. Mm-hmm. And not only unto itself, but unto you. But it's based, it justifies itself. What is the Word? It's the keys of the kingdom. It's the Old Testament that you were taught. It's the New Testament now that you're applying. But you're not a complete or finished work until you do both. 
Which is greater? The New Testament, because you can't be saved on the old, but the old is just as great as the new, because the old is what you still have to do. You still have, you can't dismiss it. Mm -hmm. You have to do it. Mm -hmm. That's the hard part, though. And will everybody be perfect at it? No. But at least confess it. And when you are amongst friends, you know, and you're Mm -hmm. kind of thinking this through. Listen, mm-hmm. they're hopefully they're not Job's friends. They're not going to be like Job's friends. They're not going to take opportunity to poison you or to tear you down. Or all. See, you thought you were better than you were. No, they're going to say, yeah, this is really a struggle. And that's what we're saying, mm-hmm. right? We're not saying that we're perfect. We're not saying they have to be perfect. We're just right. saying it's a struggle, and the only way you get through it is with Jesus. And that's why Jesus came... That's why the Holy Spirit is in us now and why he will return again. Not because we become Jesus or we bring Jesus back. We do the logistics of it. Mm -hmm. But every time you forgive somebody, you return to heaven. (laughs) Who's greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Little children. Well, and I would hope that as we we forgive them and as we return, that they would see that and that they would return. You know, I had an opportunity to uh, really kill somebody. And and trust me, I you know, not that I hadn't thought about it, but I knew in that moment it was going to be another one of those moments. And I've only had a few of those in my life where I knew that it was going to be really critical, my response, like really critical. And if our listeners ever been in that situation, you know, it causes you to like give pause for a moment and think and ask God for wisdom and direction. And, yeah, I forgave. I mean, I, I'm i not saying that to put me on a pedestal, but the thing of it is is that I forgave them, but it's like I, I want that to come full circle. Like, I want them to come back too. And it's, But that's the, the hard part also is not just to forgive, but to let go and let God work with them. And you step back and say, okay, I trust you, God, that, you know, you're going to help them make that decision. That also, I think, is difficult. I think all of it is if you apply it, Mm -hmm. as would then be within the Old Testament word, it is so difficult. None of us would do it lest we have the power of the Holy Spirit right. mm-hmm. and Jesus Christ, which is the compassion, because we've mentioned that, and you know, I wish we had more time in the podcast to, to really do de- this really worth developing again, yeah. going back and getting a little deeper mm-hmm. in this whole idea of compassion. But that is the distinction. If you don't have compassion to the point of being willing to die for another, mm-hmm. you are probably not going to be able to relate to Christ or the Old Testament even, Mm -hmm. because when it comes right down to it, you're going to die for people who aren't right, (laughs) who aren't righteous before God. They're not going to be doing it the way God has told you to do it. You can Mm -hmm. tell them to do that. You can pray that they would learn from it. Mm -hmm. You can even, again, as we said earlier with the testimony, Mm -hmm. you can show them. Maybe that will move them. Maybe they'll understand in that moment. Maybe the Holy Spirit will just leap forth in them like it did in Mary. Yeah, whenever. but it's still what you just said. If we could just learn that. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they loved not their lives unto the death. Revelation 12, 11. Mm-hmm. This is 
this is good. This is the second coming of Christ. Mm -hmm. The first coming is in spirit. Mm -hmm. So he's put this compassion coming forth out of your heart. The Holy right. Spirit is returned. Mm -hmm. But you don't get to see the second coming of Jesus until you live it. And whether that is in the moment that then you, in that way, Jesus lives in you. Right. And you're that living mm -hmm. epistle. Mm -hmm. Right? It's the Apostle Paul. Being Jesus as much as we can. Or when Jesus does come back, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to be part of the kingdom because you had nothing to do with him because right. you didn't do it. Mm -hmm. And as much as, again, that may be about, you know, you did it to the least of these, the hungry, the poor. And then mm -hmm. I think that's true. Don't take that out of context at all. That's right. the, I think that is the, the proper context to see that. But in the same sort of way, who better to do it to than somebody who's lost? And I think that's what Jesus would say. Mm -hmm. And probably that is the stuff of which, in human dimension, that accompanied him as he went to the cross. It wasn't only a good idea. It wasn't only a good thought. But for the sake of integrity, and so that the real testimony of the Holy Spirit could be manifest, mm -hmm. he did what he preached. Mm -hmm. Do we do that? And again, that's not condemnation. That's just... That's our question we have to ask ourselves. We have to. Yeah. We can ask and others. be willing to go there. You can yeah. ask the church. You mm -hmm. can find support in the church. Mm -hmm. They're not going to condemn you. But people come in feeling like they've just been beaten up, offended, and bruised. Mm -hmm. and, and you say, well, you got to forgive them. They don't want to. <laughs> I don't know that I really want to ask them to. Right, right. I always tell them, I think you're justified mm -hmm. in being angry and defensive. Yeah. But it won't do anything right. but grieve the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Put you into that state of apostasy mm -hmm. where you're actually blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Because when you do that, mm -hmm. you're really denying Christ. Yeah, it doesn't help in the long run. It may, in the short term, you might feel better, but it doesn't work. It's not a viable option. So we have to love them. I don't want to just minimize it by saying they're all immature kids, but they're all immature kids. Mm-hmm. But not good kids. <laughs> well, I said that to Tim. I said, you know, we're all just kids. And, and somebody said, God's, you know, backyard. And we're all just learning how to play together. Like, we're all in the same yard, Tim. You know, we're all... <laughs> and, you know, you might say, well, there's a schoolyard bully over there. Well, there might be. But we're all trying to, like, live together in this place that he's given us. And just so I can give some closure on that. Um, that's the route that I took, and it was very short. It was two sentences, and the second one was, you know, I love you. Father, forgive them, Yeah. for they yeah. know not what they do. Mm -hmm. That, it, that, and that is the end of it all. That If you want to put any conflict to bed, mm -hmm. to rest, yeah. bury it. Right. Cast as far as, mm -hmm. <laughs> see if they're forgetful, east from the west. Mm -hmm. You have to get there, at least in human dimension. Mm -hmm. The best that we could conceptualize. Mm -hmm. Jesus could have said it so that we'd understand it. That's all I'm saying. Relatable to us. Mm -hmm. But until you can say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and believe that, you will gnaw on that, you will chew on mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. you'll try to figure out every way to Sunday, as, as the old saying goes, to justify whatever you're feeling and whatever yeah. you, like you said, could kill yeah. somebody, yeah. whatever you might otherwise want, want to do. Mm -hmm. But you can't. You're just at, going in circles in your yeah, head. Yeah. At that point, you've done everything you can, mm -hmm. and not only everything you can, you've done everything that's expected, not only everything you can and expected, but you've done everything that would otherwise 
allow God to take that situation mm-hmm. and hold them accountable mm-hmm. to the evil that is in them. Mm-hmm. Because once you start to pick up the rocks and throw them back, yeah, yeah, it's you, over. It's over. Yeah, boy, I'm telling you, if you <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, I'd encourage you to turn around and listen to it again. There's so much stuff that we discussed today that it is so true and so applicable to to not just parents, not just children, but just people in general. Because hello, they're another you know child of God, and and you know even if they haven't acknowledge that he created them they still are fighting a battle and you know, maybe it just looks different than other people's battles but but you can't be Stephen <laughs> you can you can tell them they're liars you could you could yeah. say that this is what you're doing right. I'm not saying that 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 is with intention to incite but yeah. I'm just saying right. you, you know you do have the word the word is right. powerful and, and, and sharper if, than any yeah. two-edged sword and if they get mad and stone his back well, that's that's the chance we take yeah but, but you, we have to be yeah. willing to speak the truth yes and and so even with your kids you can't sanction it. You can't condone it. Mm-hmm. You can't go again, chase after them. You can't go to the pig pen and Throw say, oh, I, well, I know you're out of money, so let me wire you some more. You used to wire. Let me just do that. What do they do at Venmo? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, or, let me just yeah. transfer it and put it on your yeah. card. You know? No, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to say no because they made, <laughs> they made their bed lie at it. But you can never lift up arms and kill somebody. Mm-hmm. And, and as the Holy Spirit would convict you, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of not only forgiving, mm-hmm. but sometimes you do end up turning the other cheek or mm-hmm. you then heap hot coals upon their forehead by turning away their anger yeah. and wrath by a kind word. So what is the kindest word that you could give to our podcast listeners at this particular moment in the podcast, Carolyn? Wow, no pressure there. <laughs> the kindest word I can say would be... We usually say be blessed, but I'm going to say be loved. I heard that this morning on the radio, and I thought, am I really walking in that? Do I know how much I'm loved? So I want our listeners to know that you are loved, and there is forgiveness, and we hope that if you struggle with that, that you would give us a call, and perhaps we could be of some help or service for that. Yes, and that was... that in such a noble fashion. You went right for the high-minded. I I was kind of doing the segue to, well, the kind word is, you can call us if you want. We'd love to hear from you. (laughs) How should they get a hold of us? Well, hopefully they will. 304-528-9220. You can email us, covenants.llc1 at yahoo.com. You can go online, covenantsonline.com, or check out our podcast that we Post on our Facebook page, but I want to highlight our podcast. That's really gaining momentum, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So that's exciting that we um, we're getting the word out there, and you can tell others about our podcast. Find it on different platforms on Apple Music, Spotify. Thirty six, I think, of the top one hundred Christian podcasts. Yes, isn't that awesome? Christian Council. That's so awesome. And I just told one of my clients asked me the other day, um, "How do I find your podcast?" I was like, okay, I'll tell you. I thought that was so exciting. Of course, you know, they're young, so they're like Spotify. They're all, you know, right? Not like, as you declared me earlier, I'm not going to let you get away with this old thing. Did I say that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I apologize for offending I apologize for offending you. <laughs> no, it didn't offend me. It's getting like so painfully obvious that I'm not young anymore. When I when I see 20-year-olds and I say, let's go ask that little girl for help. And my kids are like, she's not a little girl. And I'm like, well, she's young to me. <laughs> so, 
Anyway, we hope that you are um, tuning in and tell people about it. We're excited about that. And I guess you've already told them that we love them, right? <laughs> I hope they know. And that do. should hold them over. And until... more importantly, we're not going to love you perfectly, but we know that there is someone who will, and that is God, that he loves you. And hopefully that will hold them over to the next podcast. Yep. In the meantime.